Welcome to another episode of the SNC podcast. Thank you for tuning in. For our fourth episode, I spoke with Steve Babaiko. Steve is the CEO of Extreme Group, comprised of Extreme Ideas, a marketing communications agency, Zero Degrees, a TV and radio content production company, Seven Interactive, a digital and interactive agency, and Extreme Music, a record label, all based in Lagos, Nigeria. My conversation with Steve focused on his role as the CEO of Extreme Music, his journey into the music business, his advice for successful artists and brand partnerships, the importance of artists and record label contracts, what he looks for in artists that he chooses to sign, and more. Welcome, Mr. Michael. Thank you very much. Shelley. I really appreciate you taking the time to do this. <laughs> well, it feels weird, actually, but yeah, <laughs> we got to do this. <laughs> you sound like Oscar. That's exactly what you said. He's like, this is so weird. <laughs> well, how are you doing today? I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. How's your 2018 kicking up so far? Yeah, you can see me. I'm cleaned <laughs> up. I'm all shaved. <laughs> Trying to look good for the year for to the bring year, me right? good stuff. Yeah. yeah. Lots of campaigns and projects planned, of course. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's uh, like last year, we were really very busy. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, uh, we did the rebranding for Nine Mobile from okay, Atlanta yeah. to Nine Mobile, That's cool. and then we we resigned <laughs> the Nine Mobile business. Now started working for Glow. Okay, wow. You know, so oh, there's nice. a lot of stuff we're doing for Glow at the moment. Okay, that's yeah. cool. Your mm-hmm. background is in advertising. Yeah, sure. And which I read, and I was also your PA. <laughs> yes, of course. <laughs> <laughs> so My super PA. Happy <laughs> <laughs> <Be> super. <laughs> so apparently, you stumbled on advertising, and you used to go to Cardona Library to learn to about read up on it. Yeah. You know, because so, okay, yeah, on. because back in those days, I mean, it wasn't the year where you could just pick up your phone and Google anything. Mm-hmm. So I had to go to Cardona Library to like uh, learn about what it's all, uh, all about and where I thought I could fit in. Okay. I want to know, what what exactly was it about advertising that you read that made you say it was copywriting that you wanted to go into as opposed to being, like, say, a brand manager or something yeah, different? I, to be honest, I, now thinking back, I'm not so sure. Yeah. I just know that my former boss, uh, Lulu Akumi, spoke glowingly about the industry, about what they did in Prima Garnet and mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. So when I went to the library, I wanted to even know how many departments are there even in the industry so mm-hmm. i stumbled on copywriting okay. in creative department i'm like whoa okay then i was in abu's area i just finished my i was just going through halfway through my nyc and i used to be part of the creative writers club in abu's area we used mm-hmm. to write our poems put it in the hallway and people would just put their comments so i felt yeah from everything i'm reading about copywriting here i'm sure i could do it so that's how that's how you uh, knew that you knew that was going to be copywriting now let's pivot a little. So you obviously have a background advertising. Mm-hmm. Now you decided to run a record label. So how did you make that transition? And what was it about the music business that made you say you wanted to get into it? Because I know you love music. Sure. So you talk to us about that. I think it starts from the love for music, which uh, when I was like maybe 15 or 16, I think 15, some dudes that used to live in Lagos moved to Kaduna. Okay. So they became uh, my friends. I used to hang out a lot with them. And they had these brilliant ideas and they brought so much music, so much music that the kind of music I didn't have access to. Okay. And they had this sound system, recorded this uh, sound system in their, in their room. We'll go there, we'll listen to Shalama, we'll listen to, <laughs> you know, all kinds of, all the old school music, yeah. boys to men and all of, And they had this brilliant idea that we should form a band. Thank God that never happened. <laughs> <laughs> because everybody what, what, that knows me knows that I can't sing. <laughs> you know, so. I remember my mom saying, she called me one day and said, look, I want you to just do something for me. I'm like, what? She said, 
just think of everybody you know on your mom's um on her side of the family is there any musician that you know there <laughs> i said no <laughs> think of your father's family as well <laughs> any musician i said no he said okay so this music business has to yes. stop you should concentrate on your book so that's how she saved the nation of <laughs> what would have been a future embarrassment because i know <laughs> i'll have been one of those guys that will be using a gizzi to form singer but yeah. i really don't have the talent but I discovered when I moved to Lagos in 95, uh, I think in 96, Dede Mabiaku, uh, I met him. We became good friends. He used to drive to the agency I, I was working in, uh, then MC and Search in Sachi. So there was one day, he just drove in very angrily. I think that would be around 98 and said, ah, yeah, I just fell out with my manager. I'm like, oh, wow. So what are you going to do now? said you start managing me i'm like are you crazy i don't know anything about managing an yeah. artist you know says you figure it out wow. that's how as i inherited this 14 piece band then wow. started managing the band you know we're doing shows across this country for nigerian brews and other clients you know so i think that's how uh, that's where my love yeah. for music for that got even entrenched you yeah. know and i felt oh there's a gap here that i can fill in and during the time you were working as um, Dede's manager, yeah. you obviously were just like learning the ropes as you were going, right? Absolutely. Everything I know today about music actually started from there. Dede is a thoroughbred professional. If you have a gig the next, if you have a gig tomorrow, he will come to my house and wake me up around 1 a.m. Oh. And I'll still have to go to work by 8 o'clock the next day. Oh. We will drive to the venue. He will jump all over the stage to see if there are soft spots on the stage. He will check his EQ. Do work with the engineer. We will, we will mark and use, yeah, you to, know, to, to, mark mark his, spots, yeah. to mark his EQ as mm-hmm. how the sound will be set. Yeah, he, you know, he, he taught me all of those attention to details mm-hmm. and just that quest for excellence when 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 managing an artist. So, uh, yeah. After management, you now decided to start a label. Sure. Okay. I think when I moved from MCNA in two thousand and I I moved to Prima Garnet. Okay. I became busier. Because then uh, I became busy. I just knew to still keep my job as a copywriter and moonlight as a um, music music artist person. manager was not just going to happen. Yeah. You know, the, the the work schedule there was way, way tougher. So I I, I decided, okay, look, I, I'll stop managing the day and I did. How did you take that news? Well, I, I mean, he, he knows. Till, till now, we're still friends. No, 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 yeah, of course. Before no, yeah, Christmas, no, no, you know, yeah. So, but he knows that. I mean, he it wasn't like I was getting paid anyway. <laughs> so, <laughs> so it was just something I did for the love of yeah, it. And, yeah. I, I, and I'm grateful to him for teaching me all the stuff that I learned from him. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I, I decided, oh, okay. I mean, I'm in advertising. I have access to, to, to clients. So there will be a synergy between music and advertising. Clients will always have a need music. for music to drive brand so i just felt that there was a gap there mm-hmm. and there was no label i saw that was in that kind of pole position that i wasn't i'm like we're gonna do this so i ran into adebantu until now when i think of adebantu i can't even remember where and how we met mm-hmm. must have been drinking a lot that night because i can't <laughs> really remember but yeah. somehow cut story short we met we signed a deal I had like uh, a joint venture with him and he released his first album on our label, I think in 2008. And what about the name Extreme Music? How did that name come about? Really, I think my sister still tells me that I came rushing out of the restroom <laughs> once after just screaming that the name of my company would be ex- called Extreme and I was dry- drawing how I wanted it written yeah. on the paper. I can't remember that story, <laughs> but that's what she tells me. Okay. You know, but I think we wanted a name that will always have to work hard to live up to 
if you say you're extreme music or extreme ideas, you can't be doing mainstream stuff. Mm. You can't be doing basic stuff. So every day we're forced to live up to that name, yeah. you know, and, and I think that's what we did with music. So you see that our affinity is for music that's not mainstream, mm-hmm. you know, from everybody we've signed from Bantu to etc. to mm-hmm. Overdose to Praise to Simi, yeah. Sami, everybody <laughs> you see, they are not uh, your normal artists. mainstream artists, yeah. you know. Because see, what we do is that, look, as from the advertising side, we interface with corporate Nigeria every day. We interface with some of the biggest brands in this country every day. So we're able to like bring some of those experience to bear on how we even manage our artists. You know, we treat them the same way we treat like a Coca-Cola or a Lacazette. Those are brands. Mm-hmm. Beyond the music, what else? What are the other collaterals that you can build around an artist? Mm-hmm. Those are the kind of stuff that we uh, sort of emphasize on. And you know that there is a structure. Or it's not possible that, oh, one artist is on our label is saying, oh, I didn't get paid. If I want to give you all the record of all the payments we've made to Praise since we signed him, it's just about going into our <laughs> finance and getting it printed out. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So there's a proper structure with pay attention to all of those little details and, you know. And you kind of touched on the fact that Etc. was one of the, I guess, Adebantu then Etc. Yes. And he was one of the first artists on your label. Mm-hmm. And his genre of music is rock music. Absolutely. And I wanted to, you to talk about the challenges and, I guess, successes that you encountered in breaking him as an artist at that time. It was very difficult. But honestly, if I say, even if I say so myself, I think Etc. is like one of the most talented musicians to have come out of this country. Mm-hmm. You know, I, till now, I'm still a big fan of his music. I'm a big fan of his work. Mm-hmm. But it was difficult. I mean, it was like almost literally peddling it like... Because <laughs> it was an acquired taste. I yeah, mean, you know, time. to say, look, I swear, I swear, <laughs> just play this guy. He's yeah, good, you yeah. know. I mean, those guys... And the back in the days, I still had a lot of time on my hands. I would drive, me and him in my car, would drive to Alagbadure Power wow. to try and get him airplay. I was doing those stuff myself. I mean, I was peddling this music all over the place myself because yeah. to be honest for a long time for a couple of years the label was just me by phone and myself mm-hmm. for almost all the the first album he recorded yes i am mm-hmm. no no i think it was etc that it was self titled album we paid for <laughs> we, i paid we paid for the studio session i went in there you know I, I i hate to put pressure on my talent so i really don't go into the studio with them but i mean he will run all the sketches you need to see I, it was like the best time of my life mm-hmm. believe me because we'll argue about some things there are some things he will pronounce wrongly i would drag him his ass to the studio to yeah. go and repronounce some of those things mm-hmm. you know it was it was a fantastic period for that, me that's yeah. awesome yeah. especially like i feel like well, rock music is one of the genres that has not really per se I guess, achieves a level of stronghold as opposed to like sure. alternative music. Yeah, so. but uh, to be honest, as at that time, we were doing it, we were able to push him to the point where we were doing a gig for like about 1.52 million yeah. because for the corporate clients that we now had access to. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, while he was not ostensibly like a big artist, but behind the scene, he 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 was commanding some really yeah. good money, performing yeah. with his band live and stuff like yeah. that. Yeah. No, I even just meant that at, at the time you were kind of like, setting a, a path Absolutely. for people that are coming now Absolutely. and even now it's still challenging as opposed to can't, I can't imagine you know I, I remember I still talk to Prince once in a while and sometimes when we're just in his like etc one I think best recording artist I think in uh, the head is at 2010 or so yeah, I can't remember. and uh, Prince said watching that guy picking up that award on stage yeah. gave him the confidence to say if this guy can win an award can. so can I yeah you know, so it was a new ground. It was new territory that we were busy breaking for yeah. 
for the guys to come on. That, that's really cool. Yeah. Now, what about Overdose? How, what, what made you um, want to sign him and how did you meet him? Okay. Uh, there's this guy called Justice Atigogo. Okay. He's a friend of mine. He's also a TV personality. He, he just brought me lots of CDs, like about 12, 15 CDs. I know because I w- he knew that I just started my label, you know, and said, these are guys that I see every day. They hang out around me. Please just listen to them. If there's anyone the spirit moves you to work with. So, and again, if I, if you give me p- piece of music, believe me, I always listen. So I played all of them. The two that stood out for me was etc. and overdose. So I just put the CD aside and took all of the rest and gave it back to him. Uh, I listened to overdose's first album. I swear, even in in hip hop history in Nigeria, that guy has like many. He must have many chapters dedicated to him. Mm-hmm. His flow, his command of of his wordplay, very swaggy. <laughs> he, he he's he he's crazy. He's a dope artist, you know. So I just knew I had to work with him. Until now, I still feel like look. I need to talk to his record label, the, mm-hmm. the, the guys. I think it's Payback that released so. that uh, first album. <laughs> I wish I could pay them back and collect that the rights to that album mm-hmm. because I really, really, mm-hmm. I love uh, Hustle or Die that he released on my label, <laughs> mm-hmm. but I, that that album is like one of my all-time favorite okay. Nigerian hip-hop album. That's cool. That's really yeah. cool. Just talking about overdose and etc. Now moving on to the artists that are on the, on the label now. Sure. So we have Praise, we have Simi, we have Sammy and D Truth. Yes, yeah. Can you talk to us about what it was that made you want to? You know, before I move on, I think that it's interesting just your experience and sure. just me working with you. Like yeah. I think over time you have also honed your A and R ear, sure. like knowing what works sure, and sure. just you know about the creative process. Can you yeah. speak more about that? I mean, it's just like I always say. I I don't play any instrument. Mm-hmm. I can't hold my one single note to save my life, mm-hmm. but my ears work excellently well. I, I hear something. I, can, I, I knew Adekule Good was going to be big. Mm-hmm. He just played something for me on the phone. I, I put on the headset and I listened to his song mm-hmm. and I knew this guy is going to be big. Yeah. You know, I, <laughs> I knew Bravo was going to be big. He came with his guitar, played something for me in my office back then. I just couldn't sign all of those guys, yeah, but yeah. I knew. You see, there's something about my ears that tells me this sound is the sound for now or the future, you know, mm-hmm. I, I, I always hear. So there's always something and there's nobody I have signed so far that anybody made me sign. I can never, you don't sign people for charity mm-hmm. because if I sign you, we're going to, to break an artist in Nigeria now, you need maybe between 50, 60 million. I, I don't have that kind of money to, to gamble and just play. But mm-hmm. even if I gamble that kind of money because it's still gambling in a sort of way, mm-hmm. let it be, I'm gambling it on an artist that I genuinely believe mm-hmm. in. So even if, we don't make the money back. I know, okay, I wanted to push this artist. It's an artist that I'm a fan of. So mm-hmm. I can never even sign you if I'm not even a fan of yours. Yeah. So all of the artists on our roster, I'm, I'm first and foremost a fan yeah. before anything else, yeah. you know. And that's what I think yeah. makes the difference. Yeah. And yeah. do you think that aside from your experience, you know, in being a part of the journey of different artists' career, like, do you think that um, listening to a variety of music has, has also helped you hone that ear and knowing, you know, what it's going to be? Absolutely. Good. Like, uh, for me, like, I go to a platform like Not Just Okay and all the other online platforms. I don't, I have the Not Just Okay app. Mm-hmm. So what I basically just do, I just connect it before, maybe in the evening, if I, if I just want to relax, I just put on the headphone. I'm not looking at it. Mm-hmm. I just put it on autoplay. If I get to any artist that catches my attention, I look, take my phone and say, who is this guy? <laughs> so I, I listen to everything. I tell you, I, I always say to people, if you're, doing music in Nigeria 
to any certain degree, and I don't know about you, then there's, there's what then you probably still have more work to do because I listen to everybody, mm-hmm. you know, and I'm always just listening to see if I'm going to pick the next guy that I probably might be interested in working with, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Now, um, let's move on to Simi. Sure. Were you surprised by the reaction and love that her album? I mean, <laughs> that's me. I feel like looking, looking at you, like, you're like, what kind of dunk? <laughs> because knowing you, you're like really shady. <laughs> but I will just act like I'm dumb. Yeah. <laughs> so were you surprised by the reaction and love that her album received and actually continues to receive so far? Yes, I know. Okay. Uh, no, because honestly, I just, I heard her. Mm-hmm. I'm not just okay. And from just that little encounter that I just... Maybe room cover, she pulled it out. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, this is the girl. Yeah. So even whatever other opinion some other people may have had who were part of the team at that time, mm-hmm. I already knew what I was going to do. This was the next talent we were going to sign on. Mm-hmm. You know, and um, she's super hardworking. That's why, that's the no part, why I'm not surprised. Mm-hmm. This woman is like a pit bull a in miniskirt. She's... Yeah. Works hard. <laughs> she will outwork every person around her. Mm-hmm. Put her in that studio. She will. <laughs> she will stay there for days if mm-hmm. she if yes. she could, you know. And that her hunger for perfection is incredible. Mm-hmm. You know, she will write her own song, <laughs> contribute to her own production. She will mix. She would anything, mm-hmm. you know. So I'm. I'm not. You can't put. The universe is not biased. They are not partial. Mm-hmm. It's so almost unnatural for you to put in that kind of work and not see the results. Mm. So maybe no, I'm not surprised yeah. because I know how hard she works, you yeah. know. So I, I, I respect I respect yeah. her work ethics. Okay. Yeah, because yeah, I was speaking to my friend Amojo about her yeah. album and coming to interview you, and mm-hmm. he was just saying that you know of all the albums of 2017 that he's listened to, Simi's is his favorite because he's like four months in and he's not bored of the album. And usually he just gets bored after a while. I still play it too. Shout out to Omoju. I mean, he's <laughs> an incredible guy. And yeah. I know he's, he's always been a big supporter of Simi. Yeah. So. That's cool. Yeah. Uh, can you speak to us about the creative process behind the album? Because just working with you and knowing you, you're yeah. a very um, hands-on person. Sure. Funny yeah. enough with Simi, I was very hands-off. The moment... A few singles in, I just know, look, I can never love Simi's, the craftsmanship that goes into Simi's work that she does. Mm. So I just realized she's not an artist to micromanage. Believe me, after the, apart from the first four singles we dropped, I told her, I don't want to hear this. I, don't bring me any materials again. Mm. Go and do your thing. The next time you bring this album, I want to listen to it like a fan. I just left her and Oscar. They were doing their stuff. Yeah. Uh, they wanted some <laughs> time at some beach resort. Yeah, we, yeah. we made all of those arrangements. They went there. They had a great time. All yeah. the musicians went, played their their stuff, and we had a listening session. I was I was dancing like a fan, you know. So <laughs> yeah. I really didn't uh, get too involved See, because ahead. I know I I know if it's wax, Simi will not put her voice yeah, to it. I know true. it. So now before you uh, go on, before I go on to my next question, um, yeah. I was talking to Oscar and he said that. Both of you had to twist Simi's arm to have hip hop parade. <laughs> so High for five that, Oscar. I say thank you. <laughs> High five, Oscar. <laughs> she, she still hates that. Yeah, know, she loves right? the song, mm-hmm. but she didn't want it on the album. Mm-hmm. So it was like a coup. Me and Oscar had to like... <laughs> That's what he said. <laughs> wink, wink. Because they were trying to push, pitch it to me. So it was... Uh, 
Oscar was the defender, defender, and <laughs> Stevie was the prosecutor. No, this track is not going to go on the album because because no, Oscar said, Steve, you just listen to this song, mm-hmm. then make a call. Yeah, I just started dancing when this <laughs> two seconds in. Okay, okay. So he was like, oh my god, <laughs> and that's how we had to have yeah. Twister to to put this song on. Yeah. Let's go. Cool. What are your favorite songs of the album? Every, almost all the tracks are because that's one album apart from Adequately Goes album that. I played all through 2017 and I, and I didn't skip one mm. track. And it's difficult. It's really dif- difficult to yeah. achieve, you know. So all the, all the tracks are really dope tracks. Yeah. Yeah. Are there any more videos that will be shot? Off yeah, now? sure. We, we're about to shoot two videos back to back in the next okay. couple, I think this next week. Okay. We're shooting Complete Me and, uh, <laughs> Gone for Good. Yeah. That's the one that we've been fighting on. Uh, the same wants a video for that. I'm like, that is one of my favorite songs of that album. Every song is one of my favorite songs. <laughs> no, no, no. So, but that song, because by the time we shoot Complete Me and this other one that we want to shoot, yeah. we'll be like 10 videos in yeah. out of a 14 track album. album. I mean, yeah. <laughs> you know, I always used to tease that, are you Beyonce? <laughs> <laughs> In the making, <laughs> you know, but I, I'm sure she, that girl is a black man. She'll yeah. find a way to black me yeah. for us to shoot uh, Gone for Good. No, you, you have know. to. Gone yeah. for Good is it's yeah. such a very sad song, and I love it. Yeah, just still sticking with me if I move on. As the CEO of Extreme Music, how mm-hmm. do you ensure that the momentum behind Simi continues to go even farther in 2018? Well, we, we have to do uh, more stuff. Uh, we're more interested in Africa now and the global uh, reach. Uh, I think uh, Nigeria. Shout out to all lovers of good music in Nigeria. Nigeria has accepted her. But beyond that, we need to like stretch into Africa. And we're, we're getting more attention from Africa. So we're doing a lot. Well, well honestly, we, she has a good team. Mm-hmm. Her team are really very fired up. You know, So we're working hard to make sure that uh, we, the momentum doesn't drop. And quite frankly, maybe the truth is, Simi is about six or seven songs gone on, on her, into her next album. Mm-hmm. So she, she's yeah. not stopping. Yeah, exactly. She's not slowing down. She yeah. has her leg on that accelerator and she's not slowing down at Anytime all. Soon. Yeah. yeah, that's yeah. cool. I'm um, going back to the artists on the label. What should we expect from Sammy, um, Praise and D Truth in 2018? I'll start with Praise. Praise has this EP, you know, the mm-hmm. two minutes, uh, RB EP that okay. would change your life or something. I think I that's, seen that one, yeah, yeah. So he's working hard on it and. Like I always tell Praise, Praise is a super duper producer, you know. Most people don't give him credit for his production uh prowess, but mm-hmm. believe me, he's he's a kick ass pro- I think it's difficult for me to to say which one is he better at, either mm-hmm. production or singing. actually singing, you know. He's he's good. So uh that would that would drop the EP would drop. most likely if we can, we can still drop a full album, maybe towards the end of the year. Okay. But uh, we'll see how that goes. Uh, Sammy is already due for an album, so uh, we just need to work on it. Detroit has has dropped like two EPs mm-hmm. already mm-hmm. that are really doing not well, so badly, yeah. you know. So he just and what I really admire about Detroit is again that's another hardworking uh, talent on our roster. He as a rapper, he he's so in love with like making creating organic sound, playing with a band, you know, that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. So he's, and I, like I told him, I said long after most of the rappers within his age group are gone, he'll still be around for a long time. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, he started the Young Culture Platform that uh, we've been supporting him on with mm-hmm. uh, a friend of his. So, okay. yeah, so there's a lot of stuff going on yeah. with the talent, yeah. 
Now, what advice do you, I guess, first of all, not even advice, what, what do you look for in new artists? I mean, you talked about hard work, someone who's going to go above and beyond, someone who's not basic. Sure. But besides those, what exactly are you looking for besides talent? I think it's the talent and, again, not taking your talent for granted. Mm. Some people are talented, but talent is not enough. Unfortunately, mm-hmm. I mean, it's the truth. Talent is never, it's not, never near enough. Now, God has blessed you with that talent. So, how hungry are you? You see, because like I said, the universe is not partial. Mm. There are hundreds of thousands, maybe millions of young people praying to the same God, the same source to say, bless my career, let me be known, let me become an icon in this field. Why will the universe listen to a prayer you are not even saying because you already have the talent? Mm. That's why you now find people who are not so talented, but they are extraordinarily hardworking now get ahead of people who are really, really talented. And you see people with talent really, really wasting because they take their own talents for granted. That's one. And two, it's just the discipline to make a career. As a musician, it's a profession. They give you a call time for 2 o'clock. Most musicians want to stroll in at 6 p.m. Honestly, I have, because of those kind of lack of discipline, I've had to shake hands with an artist on our label to say, look, it's been nice knowing you, but we're not going to work with you anymore. Mm-hmm. Because see, when you do that, you bring yourself to disrepute and then you drag the label into it. Mm-hmm. We're professionals. If they say two o'clock, me, there's no client that gives me an appointment. Let's say on the advertising side, if you say, oh, meet us, let's meet up for two o'clock. Most likely knowing myself, I'm there for one. Mm-hmm. I don't mind. I'll be in my car, I'll be in the lounge, chilling, it's difficult. It's almost near impossible for me to be late for an appointment. Yeah. Almost near impossible. It takes discipline. And then you cannot come and tell us, oh, there's traffic. It, it was it, traffic. I, it, there was traffic. That's why I was late. Every numbskull person living in Lagos knows that Lagos is traffic infested. Mm-hmm. So if you're supposed to leave one hour before, leave two, two hours, hours before the time. So all of those little things that, you know, you, you, you have a show, you're not, you're not rehearsing. All of the guys that we all want to be like in America and in Europe, they take this thing seriously. I mean, it's, their, it's the lifeblood of their craft. Mm-hmm. And once you start taking it for granted, oh, it's just going to be DJ track two. I'm sorry. I mean, you've already shortened the lifespan of your own career. Yeah. You know, so I think those, so those are some of the things that I'll just touch on briefly. Yeah. And then what are your thoughts on... I guess you see a lot of labels in Nigeria that are going into the 360 deals. Yeah. Um, what are your thoughts on those? Because to be, sorry, before you go, because some people say that the industry is not ripe and the infrastructure is not there enough for mm-hmm. people to have 360 But deal. to be honest, without a 360 deal, no label can survive in Nigeria. No, it's going to be impossible for mm-hmm. the labels to survive because how how is the... With 360 deals, even the labels are still not surviving. Mm-hmm. Not to talk of if you now take that out because see, how much sales do you make from music? Everybody knows that the sales from mm. music is like in Nigeria for many years until the era of digital download now that things are beginning to pick up a little bit. You just release an album so that you can play shows. I mm. mean, you know, you're ne- Alaba, when Alaba was in charge, you know, Alaba is never going to give you any account of how much you've sold. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. The moment you give them, if they give you any token. <laughs> that's it kiss the rest of the album by yeah, even if they sell two million copies you're not going to get a dime more yeah. you know what i mean so it became like an imperative for labels to go into the 360 but i mean the thing with labels again is just try and find a balance for fairness you see that's why you see there's the, the whole rank up between label and and, and talent is is because if you don't create 
that equilibrium where there's fairness, where people see that you are really, really fair, there's going to be a problem. With the arrangement we have, we're still going to push all our energy behind you and you know we're going to do well by you. And, yeah. uh, you know, so just it's, the, the name of the game is trust and fairness. Mm-hmm. You know, you can't go and collect a show for four million on behalf of your artist and say, ah, now only one million then pay also. Mm-hmm. I mean, once that trust is broken, that's the end yeah. of it. You know, so yeah. Because yeah. I feel like one of the comments I've always, I guess, throughout my interviews for season two is, um, I've been emphasizing that the fact that people need to understand that it doesn't have to be a lose-lose situation. It can be a win-win. No, sure, sure. And people, if you yeah. do, if you don't go for that, then the, the the industry will die again. Mm-hmm. You know, there was a period in the Babangida era where the industry sort of went comatose. Mm-hmm. Okay, it took some people like Kenny Ogunbe to resuscitate this mm-hmm. industry. I think we're moving to another era where you find that the industry might just go into a coma again. And mm-hmm. I tell you why. If artists continue to work, talents continue to work out of their contract and you're going to get locked up in court and everything, the industry doesn't need it right now. Mm-hmm. So I'm not amazed when people started analyzing 2017 and said there was no new artist that mm-hmm. was broken. In 2017, why would anybody invest their money? Mm. When if I invest my money, the talent is just going to wake up one day and walk away from it. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, the labels too must recognize that if you don't build it into your contract, mm-hmm. that win-win situation, talents will continue to walk yeah. away. Yeah. And then speaking of publishing, is extreme music going to like sometime expand, expand into that in the future sometime? Uh, definitely. It's, it's something we're really, really looking at right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, I keep having that same conversation with Oscar and mm-hmm. Simi all the time and, and Praise. We, we're looking at it. It's something that we, we will definitely expand. Now what we're trying to do is build certain properties that are ownable properties for extreme music that's even beyond the music platforms that we can own ourselves Mm -hmm. and we started working since uh, a couple of years ago and i'm sure maybe this year we'll see us launch a couple of some of those products uh into the market (laughs) you've been running extra music for a while sure so you can speak on numerous challenges that you have faced Mm -hmm. running can you speak to us about you know a couple (laughs) do you have five years (laughs) (laughs) there there are so many challenges i mean let's start with people Mm. you know just finding people to trust i mean sometimes you trust people and then you just blink for a couple of times and they plant this very big axe in your back. Mm-hmm. It's going gonna, it's gonna to happen. We're, we're not going to be the first people it will happen to. It will keep happening until mm-hmm. uh, maybe Jesus comes back, you know. And the environment is difficult to actually uh, recoup your investment because the infrastructure that allows a label to like be able to recoup investment is just simply not there, you know. So um, even... I mean, basic distribution mm. is not available. I mean, the laws against um, Piracy. violation of IP, it's there, but it's not enforced. Enforced. I don't even know if it's enforceable. You know, so so many of these things, you you can so many of these things just makes the life of the average music entrepreneur hell. You know, so mm. those are the challenges you face on a daily basis, and you continue to face. And again, even for the talent, sometimes. The, just the lack of discipline sometimes on the part of the talent could be a problem. We've been lucky with the kind of ta- talents we, we have on our level, but just looking at the industry generally, you know, you, there are people that, okay, you pick up a talent, you invest on in them. The moment five people recognize them in the BRT bus, they think they've arrived <laughs> and, you know, they start lis- listening to side talks. And yeah. before you know it, the whole arrangement breaks down. Mm-hmm. So 
there there are series of problems that you contend with when you're in this business you yeah. know that that's why it's not a business to go into except you have genuine love for this thing yeah. And the relationship with your talent, you must build it beyond just business. If it's business, I swear to God, nobody will invest on music in Nigeria right now with the lack of structures that we have. Mm-hmm. So it has to be, okay, look, you must see the talent as your family, in which case, if it doesn't work, you can still move on with some element of grace and lack of bitterness. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So if not, th- there's still a lot of maturity required for this business to get to a place where we can now look and say, okay, this is all purely business and whatever, you yeah. know. Yeah. Because yeah. I was speaking to a uh, producer yesterday, Sizzle mm-hmm. Pro, and I was speaking about how like, it seems like it's always a struggle for Nigerians to accept someone if they feel like you're too foreign. Like if you're sound, they feel like it's too American or British or whatever the case may be. I, I think it's a good thing for this, for, for our country, really, because Again, think about it. Why do you think people like Adekunle Gold, Files, Mayokun, yeah. all of these new cats, why do you think they were able to break into the... It's because of the indigenous content. Relatability. Let me tell you something that's obvious. Uh, if you don't weave that indigenous element into your music, you know what's going to happen to your career? Everybody will be in one corner and say, oh, that boy is good. Well, that's it. Yeah. You're not, you're not going to eat in this country. I can promise you that. Mm-hmm. You see? But it's good for us because now from a country that some white dude just slept with his girlfriend one day and just named and said it's now going to be called Nigeria mm-hmm. that we've been struggling for an identity all through these years. Inadvertently, we've stumbled into something that gives us that identity. And music is one of those strong elements that's doing it for us now globally. Yeah. Now, Nigerian music is gradually dominating the world scene. You know, that's how you see Drake playing, doing a DJ set yeah. and he's playing Davido and playing Whiskey. Yeah. You know, why didn't they play those kind of music 10 years ago? Now, because we're beginning to build it. And even in Africa, they don't even know, they know that Nigerian sound and it depends on what sound is raining at what period. Mm-hmm. But one thing that's constant is the pidgin, is the, uh, mm-hmm. our indigenous it's languages language. that we that they don't even understand mm-hmm. that we've woven into this thing. So even if they say they want to listen to a Nigerian artist and you're singing one Oibo, they're just going to be looking at you. No, this is not a Nigerian art- mm-hmm. artist. So it, it, I think that element of national identity is beginning to come out strongly through our music and I'm super elated about yeah. that. A few more questions. Just I think you touched on the intersection between advertising and music. Sure. And I feel like you see certain commercials in other countries mm-hmm. and you see like for example Pepsi and Beyonce mm-hmm. Pepsi and Britney. Why have we yet to because I think my point I'm trying to make is that I feel like we lack like groundbreaking commercials mm-hmm. with like, you know, music acts. So mm-hmm. if you could have your dream yeah. <laughs> artist, you know, that would be on an mm-hmm. advertisement, who would those people be? Well, I mean, I'll, I'll be selfish to want to push uh, either praise or sing yeah. because I know one, I, I already they're they're handy, mm-hmm. and secondly, I know what they're capable of doing. Yeah. But beyond that, if you look at even when Extreme Idea started, mm-hmm. we did one commercial with uh, Go Down Low before oh, even yeah. Etzelat signed Olamide. That's true. So we just licensed the song for the commercial That's and true. it was like an instant hit mm-hmm. commercial yeah. immediately. I'm sure it was one of the reasons why by the time we started talking to them, we said, look, let's sign this dude. We can't, you can't afford to use somebody's song in your commercial and then your competition snatches the person up. You're going to have, end up with eggs on your face. Yeah. So, which was why the conversation about signing Olamide that time yeah. was pretty easy. Music is... 50% of a commercial, if you're able to get it right and get the right soundtrack, mm-hmm. that's it. Yeah. So we're always looking for 
that sweet spot yeah. in which like use it creatively and and use it to like as a rocket fuel for for the reach of the co- the client's commercial. Yeah. yeah, I think maybe it's just the selfish person in me that wants like one epic. <laughs> no, no, but I I think I think I'm even today I still mention it to I said look you know there's one project that we we're working on that yeah. I want it to be the most epic exactly. commercial yeah. out of this country. Yeah. Do something really, really grand and epic, you know, and, and I think uh, yeah. hopefully we'll be able to sell it to the client yeah, for no, us to do it. That'll be cool. Looking yeah. forward to that. Now, why do you think that we, I mean, it may be a no-brainer, mm-hmm. but why do we think that advertising, we focus on just the youth as opposed to saying you focus on an older person who's able to sell a brand? Because yeah. I feel like you can meet, you can meet both markets. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm trying to say? So as an ad person, can you speak about well, that? Well, you, you can mix both markets, but you need to understand something. Almost about 60, 65% of the Nigerian's population is falls under that youth population. Yeah. Okay? Mm-hmm. And as a brand, for you to continue to be a brand for the future, if you get disconnected at the source of your future uh, elderly market mm-hmm. which is the youth market you're dead you see brand i mean brands that i, I won't even mention names because i mean yeah <laughs> they might call <laughs> us to say, take a brief and they say we listen to shady's blog and you were shading us <laughs> so i'm not going to mention it but you see brand that today are no longer relevant mm. why they, st- they lost their connection to that youth market mm. that is where I, I i know brands that used to sponsor youth activities in universities back in the days. Do you know why they, they did it? Because that is the point where the guys are almost going into the labor market. In a few years, they will start, they will get their first job mm. and their first salary. The brand that they were interacting with on campus is probably the brand they will continue to use once they start to make money. Mm-hmm. So, but once you ignore that youth market, your adult users above 35 to adult users over 40, it's going to dry up. Mm-hmm. And once it dries up, where is the where is the pipeline that reconnects you to a new generation of users? Mm-hmm. Which is why the youth market is very critical. And for any client that refuses to take cognizance of how important it is, if you are in Europe, it's okay because if you look at the youth population in most European countries, it's down because people are not having babies people are not delivering you know so mostly retirees and older people that's mm-hmm. what they have but in africa the youth, the youth, is. The youth is we we're doing good yeah and i'm still on brand partnerships can you speak about i guess artists understanding when they want to become a spokesperson for mm-hmm. a brand people need to i think people don't really understand that your brand and who you are has to match what you're trying to represent sure. so can you speak to us about that sometimes it gets so bad that you want to put an artist down, lie him on the floor, and like a, like like SAS people would do, just give them kubuku. Bulala. Because you you're not even schooled, and you you see talent handlers too. They they fall into that same category of not being schooled until 2017 when the economy really went south and uh, brands started cutting on their brand ambassador. You see it, some talent that you really think oh a brand can has a fit with a brand that you want to work with them. Oh, we just want to license your soundtrack. Oh no, we can't do that because unless you sign us as an ambassador. I'm like, are you okay? Mm-hmm. Because in all of the 360 uh, channels you have of being able to commercialize your, your craft, licensing is one of them. Mm-hmm. But between, let's say 2005 to like maybe 2016, people just went, 
local in this country and just said, okay, it's brand ambassadorship or not. What do you even know about brand ambassador? You are a guy that uh, one uh, soft drink brand has signed you as a, you are the one drinking and your competition. So, I mean, you don't, you don't even know what your role is as a brand ambassador. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So, I think economy has given all of us sense now to say, look, you know, we can't, we mustn't sign everybody as a brand ambassador. Look for all the little opportunities to be able to just do a one-off ad for a client. If you if you believe in the values of the brand and you see their synergy between your brand as an artist and another brand. Alicia Keys was creative director for Blackberry at some point. Mm-hmm. There's so much to do beyond just being, being a brand ambassador and, and just not even knowing what to do. You mm-hmm. don't even know anything about the brand. So there's a positive from the economy going south after mm-hmm. all because now we're beginning to see that, look, brands are beginning to ask questions. If I'm going to shell out this amount of money for some kind of uh, a collaboration with a talent, what kind of value are we going to get? So I want to see ROI on what we're going to get out of this talent. Mm-hmm. And I think the talents too are beginning to understand, understand that, yeah. that it's not just free money that the clients have to throw around. Yeah. And then what would you say to an artist manager who wants to go about, I guess, pitching a brand partnership to a brand for the, how would you advise that they go about doing that besides thing, doing research? I tell people, I get talents come call or call me up or come to meet me oh baba just help let me tell you there's no brand out there that's like red cross looking for an artist whose career failing career they want to resuscitate <laughs> believe me none not even the red cross itself <laughs> <laughs> so what brands are looking for is one brand synergy are we i'm not even going to mention the name of mm-hmm. any talent but is your brand personality is in it life. in sync with ours mm-hmm. Do we have similar values? So we want to see. So if there's no brand fit, why are we even? Why are you even talking to us? You're wasting your time. You're back, backing up the wrong tree. So look for brands that have like similar values that you can say, okay, look, it's easier, it's credible. If we say, oh, Banky W is the spokesperson for a Samsung, mm-hmm. it makes sense. As opposed to be Banky W being uh, a spokesperson for one phone brand from. I don't even know. Wherever. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, so there has to be brand fit, mm-hmm. you know. So look at look for that first and then see where your talent can add value. The good, the, some good stories have seen people come out and really take that uh, that s- partnership really seriously. I'll speak about like someone like Eniola Badmos. When she we, we signed up for Etelad before mm-hmm. it became Nimble, check all her platforms. She's, and I know she wasn't paid extra. She reps this brand. Yeah. She, you can see genuinely from her heart, mm-hmm. she loves this brand. Uh, th- those are the kind of stuff that the clients are looking out for as well to say, oh, wow. Okay, then let's look for other avenues to create more opportunity for, for us to be able to share value. Yeah. You know, so it's about value proposition. If you don't have the right value proposition, you're wasting your time. Okay. Well, thank you for that. You know, any, yeah. you know, I guess budding artist manager, you know, here you get, you get free advice. Sure. Now let's go on to the fun random questions. Sure. Are you ready? Yeah. First question is what are three things that you hate? Sloppiness. I, I can't stand sloppy people. Lateness. <laughs> <laughs> That's for me. Dietrich almost lost his contract because the first time he was supposed to meet me, he was late. You know, mm-hmm. I, I refused to see him mm-hmm. until he got the opportunity for me to sign him. So, anybody that knows me knows that I'm going to give you like five minutes max, ten at the very most if you're lucky. My time is too important for me to 
to allow somebody waste it. And I tell people, anybody that does not value time cannot be rich in this world. It's not a cost because time is money. Mm. So, and the third thing will be again courage. You have to look mm. the part. Yeah. Look at me. I'm wearing these dreadlocks. If I now decide to start, so. Most of the time, I run away from like ripped jeans, unless if I absolutely have to. And if I wear ripped jeans, I'll make sure that my t-shirt and my shoes are like on point. Because see, you have to look the part. You, the way you carry yourself is the way other people are going to carry you. If you look sloppy and you just look anyhow, people are going to treat you anyhow. So yeah. attention to detail, uh, or lack of it totally pisses me off. You okay. know, I think those are the three three okay. things. Teachers, you know, I love you because I had to deliver that news. To you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I remember. I <laughs> like when I know you're yeah, not ready I, because, to be honest, I tell people if you apply for an American visa and they say come and pick it up at four thirty a.m. I know Nigerians, they'll be there because you think it's important, right? Mm-hmm. If you think the appointment I've given you is important, yeah. you'll be there on time. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> now, the second question is you have to decide the movie Braveheart mm-hmm. or A Few Good Men. Ah, I say Braveheart because Braveheart. I, I actually like epic, mm. all those kind of epic stuff. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I, I wonder, I thought you have picked A Few Good Men. Well, I could. It was a tough choice there yeah. for a second. Yeah. I almost said A Few Good Men, but then, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Third question is, you have to decide love, money, or good health. I say good health. Good health. Okay. If you have good health, you can achieve the other two. Oh, that's yeah. cool. Fourth question is, when it is all said and done, mm-hmm. what do you want your legacy to be? Well, this is the man that came and did it his own way. Because everything I've done in my life, everything God has helped me to achieve in my life, I had to fight for it. I fought the good fight, did it his own way. And probably try to shine the light for other people to follow, you know. Yeah. Final question. Yeah. <laughs> Your favorite album of 2017. <laughs> of course. Let me see. It's so hard. <laughs> of course, it's all about. What else? And that's not even because uh, she's she, she's my talent, mm-hmm. but clearly, it's I mean, heads, album. her shoulders above most other albums, yeah. you know. Incredible album that is, you know. We have the vinyl copy. We printed it in vinyl. Oh, that's good. Yeah, so we're sending a couple of them out. I, nice. I could actually give you one. Oh, yeah, that, that would be super yeah, awesome. Yeah, because, you know, you people one. are saying that people are hoping that vinyl makes a comeback as well. It's, well, we're bringing it back. That's good. <laughs> <laughs> we're bringing it back. That's cool. Well, thank you so much for your time. It's thank you. Thank you. Thank <laughs> you. The SNC podcast is produced by Fola Shade Anozie and Tommy Wafaumi. To ensure that you do not miss out on subsequent episodes, you can subscribe to the show on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher Radio, Mixcloud, or wherever you get your podcasts. So that's T-H-E-S-N-C-P-O-D-C-A-S-T. We are also active on Twitter and Instagram at the same name. Alternatively, I am on Twitter at Shade Nonconform. Till next week, cheers. <laughs>